On today's show, we talk to a man whose 32-year-old brother still lives at home with mom and dad. We talk to a woman whose husband is addicted to cocaine and alcohol. And we talk to an awesome woman in Houston, Texas, who's a mom, a wife, and a nurse. And she's trying to make it all work. Stay tuned. What's up? This is Deloney with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Kelly's not. I am. I'm glad you're here. There's 8 trillion podcasts you could be listening to or YouTube channels you could be watching, and I'm glad you're with us. I'm glad you chose this one. On this show, we take your calls about your life. These are real people, unscripted, real folks with real challenges going on. They give us a shout, and we walk alongside anybody struggling with anything. From education issues to family and parenting to marriage to my kids, my brothers, my sisters, mental health challenges, all of it. Everybody needs someone to walk alongside them, and we're here for you. Give me a call at 844-693-3291. That's 1-844-693-3291. Or you can go to, and again, they keep telling me to stop putting the www because we don't need that anymore. But you do. Go to www.johndeloney.com slash show, and you can fill out the form. Let us know what's going on, and we will have you on the show, and uh, looking forward to it. So we got a packed house today. We got a packed show today, so we're just going to get right to it. But before we, uh, before we go right to it, just got to say this. It's like college shirt out here in the lobby today. I'm looking at a guy f- with a Purdue shirt on. You know what I instantly think? That guy's real smart. He's super good looking. He's sitting next to a beautiful young woman. He's smart. And right in front of him is a guy wearing an Oklahoma football shirt. You know what I think of that guy? I'm not even going to say it. A, because he can probably beat me up in a fight because I'm not very tough. B, he's wearing a cowboy hat with sunglasses on top, which means he knows something I don't know, and a bandana, which is, let's be honest, kind of awesome. You're from Texas, right? Wearing an Oklahoma shirt. And he lives in Kansas. This is what we call... We're going to talk about people with this type of psychological confusion at some point on the show in the very near future. But we're not today. We're going to go straight to the phones. Let's go to Keith in Sacramento, California. What's up, brother? How are we doing? Hey, John. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. You got it, man. Uh, just, living the, just living the dream out here in California. Thank you for calling. You're the first person I've talked to in one calendar year that said the words, I'm living the dream here in California. So I'm glad you're keeping your chin, your chin up, man. That's awesome. So uh, how can I help, man? All right. So I'm a little concerned about the situation between my brother and my parents. Uh, my brother's 32 years old. He's got a professional job as an accountant, uh, but he is still living at home and basically is showing no desire or motivation to move out on his own. Man, how old are you? I'm 35. 35. And, uh, yeah. So, what do you do for a living? I've, I'm a manager, operations manager for a healthcare company. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, you know, at this point, up until this point, I've kind of just stayed out of it. I haven't really, you know, approached it with my parents or approached it with my brother. He's been living at home basically since college after moving out. Um, you know, when he first graduated, he had a little bit of trouble finding, you know, his career job was, was working. And, you know, so from a financial standpoint, it kind of made sense for him to move back home, lives in the Bay area, really expensive. Right. Um, 
But at this point, you know, he's been in his career for five, six years, makes good money, saves his money. Money's not a problem. It's just like, doesn't want to leave. And I'm kind of, I have concerns for him and his like well-being of, you know. Yeah, I was going to ask Eric, so why, why, why do you care? So, you know, he's, I mean, generally he's, he's really shy, you know, he kind of has trouble making friends. Um, so it's not that he's a social butterfly where he's got, you know, his own life and he's just going there to crash. Clearly. Yes. Especially with COVID he's like, you know, he's not going to the office, he's working remotely. So (laughs) he doesn't really have a whole lot going on to like have any distractions. Um, and so that's my big concern is like, I mean, I don't know if I don't, I don't think it would be good for him just to live on his own. I, you know, at this point I'd say get some roommates, you know, kind of build some friendships. Have you talked to him? Um, you know, we don't have a super close relationship. I mean, every time I try and talk, you know, if we try and talk, usually it's like, I get yes, no answers. So like having, you know, to, to so really it, try and prod out of him is really difficult. It sounds um, like, I'm just going to tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like you don't want him there for some reason in your head and you've talked yourself into some reasons why he shouldn't be there um, for his own well-being but this isn't a guy you're super close to it's not a guy that you talk to very regularly who or doesn't show any interest in talking to you so it sounds like you just want him to get out and have to grow up and pay rent and right now he's not having to grow up and pay rent and he's still eating dinner with his mom and dad every night sounds like you're a little bit jealous is that fair or no Actually, no. Um, I, you know, money situation, not a problem. My parents, everyday millionaires, Mm -hmm. the the financial standpoint's not an issue there. My parents have helped me out financially. Okay. Uh, You know, as my wife and I got our, you know, first home. And and so what, so so what is it? My parents have been super generous uh, from a financial standpoint. Um, It's, it's really, I, I truly have, you know, I, I, I had an uncle that had some, I don't know if it was mental health issues, mm-hmm. but, you know, he just, I think, really struggled in a similar way. And so I kind of see my brother but not going the full-blown route that my uncle did. I mean, he ended up not even, I think, homeless, you know, mm-hmm. that situation. But um, I don't think he, my brother would get that to that point, but I, I just feel like he's depressed. And gotcha. so... Um, so here, here's the only know, path and, forward here. Have you... Uh, okay. but, have you talked to your parents? What do they say? So, uh, you know, I've never really approached it to my parents. I, I, we've, we've talked about it a little bit. You know, I was actually, my parents were visiting this past weekend and I was talking to my dad and, you know, he knows that. And he, he, I think he wants him to, you know, get out and, you know, have friends and, and kind of live his own life. Um, he wants his, he wants to want his son to want to go out. He, but he's not going to make exactly. him do it, right? Right, he, exactly. And that, and that's, I think, kind of the challenge is, you know, he doesn't, my brother just doesn't, I don't feel, have the, the drive to do it. No, like, if I was why would you? Position, he's living rent-free with awesome parents who still pay for it. I mean, and he's well, got yeah. nothing else going on. You know what I mean? He, in right. his head, he's just going to move out and just be lonely. Here's the thing. All of this, anything you do starts with an with a intimate, vulnerable conversation. That's it. You haven't talked to your parents full on about it. I think that'd be a, a not a good way to go. I think you ha- set up a conversation with your brother directly, and you can't do it over the phone. I mean, this is a thing y'all gonna have to get together in person and just talk to him and say, "I love you." How's things going? When's the last time you told your brother, "I love you"? Uh, there you go. Always little kid. Yeah, but exactly. That's, I, I, that's the last time I told my parents I loved them. We well, just use that fix that today, dude. 
Hey, listen, I'm telling you right now, I've sat with too many young people, and I'm saying you're 35, you're a young person, whose yeah. parents passed away, and they say, I didn't say it. I'm just telling yeah. you right now, dude, you didn't call for that advice, that one's free. Tell your parents today. Hey, by the way, I haven't told you in 30 years that I love you. I love you. And don't write it. Don't text. Especially don't text it. That's such a California thing to do. Don't text it. That's an Oklahoma thing. No, they don't have texting in Oklahoma. That is just call them. Okay? Just call them and say, hey, I love you. You got to start there with your brother. Otherwise, he's not going to hear you. Because what he doesn't need is a lecture. What he doesn't need is more information. He's got his information in a spreadsheet, and it works out awesome. No pain, no hurt, no um, no rejection, no rent, no food, all into the bank. He's winning in his in the spreadsheet of his life. What he doesn't have is somebody who's going to help him learn what a relationship feels like and looks like. And that means somebody's going to have to go first and say, hey, I love you. I'm your brother. I don't tell you this. I, sh- I should have. I kind of suck as a big brother for not ever saying this to you. So I'm changing all of it right now. I need you to know that I love you and you're my little brother and I'm real, real proud of you. And I think you're pretty awesome. That's how you start this conversation. Otherwise, every alarm he has is going to go off when you start lecturing him on what he needs to be doing with his life, where he needs to be going, what he should be doing. You know what 32-year-olds should be doing? And here's the thing. I agree with you. If you're 32, you're making great money and you're done with all of the things mom need to help you with, get your own place, man. Grow up. That's what you should be doing. But you can't start there with a guy that you don't have a relationship with. And by the way he talks to you, he doesn't, he's not interested in a relationship with you under the current terms of your relationship, which is advice, yes, no, yes, yes, no, 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 yes, yes. It's like almost like a Morse code relationship. Start with I love you, tell him, and then go from there. That's, I mean, that's it. And then if he says, I appreciate your advice, I'm not super interested in it, then um, we're going to move on. And we're going to go on to the next, I mean, that's all you can do about it, right? And then I'll tell you, don't carry that demon around in your heart, man, because it's going to just weigh down your home, your marriage, your relationship, your kids, all that kind of stuff. It's just going to make it heavier and heavier for you. And um, there's no reason to carry that around. Speak your peace. Tell your brother you're here for him. You love him. You're going to be with him. If he wants to help you, you and your wife can go with him and it's some new person on a double date, whatever it is you want to get involved with, but it's going to be relational, not informational. Dude, I'm basically a rapper now, and I'm going to coin that, informational, not relational. That's what he needs, right? Um, That's where his heart and mind need to be. Um, So I appreciate you loving your brother, man. And But do this the right way, and uh, say I love you, and then go from there. All right, let's go to Joanna in San Antonio, Texas. Joanna, what's going on? How can I help? Hey, thank you for taking my call. For sure. What's going on? So um, my... Uh, my husband and I have been married for six years. About three and a half years ago, uh, he confessed to me that he has been a cocaine addict and an alcoholic since he was 13 years old. Um, and ever since then, we've, we've been struggling with this, um, like trying to get him free, I guess, from addiction. So I was calling to see your opinion on when is it time to decide if he needs to go to rehab? Oof. There's a lot there. Can I ask you a couple of questions that I'm just curious about? Okay, for sure. Um, I've been very close to folks who have struggled with cocaine. I've been very close to folks who have struggled with um, alcohol. 
I've been very close with folks and worked with countless numbers of of folks, young people, um, through various forms of addiction. How do you be married to somebody for six years and not know they're a cocaine addict and an alcoholic? Okay, well, it was two and a half years, but for sure. Like, I guess it's because I, I, I have never been around it myself ever i you were super around it a lot you just didn't know you didn't know that's what that was and i saw i I mean looking back i'm like oh yeah it was pretty much i just you know i would see him i well now it's like okay you were kind of like detoxing and you were crazy but i just didn't i just let him you know do whatever like he would be angry and all this stuff but i was like oh he's just an angry person who cares and i just kind of turned a blind eye to it really and he never used in front of you once in that many years? No. No, definitely not. No. How old are you? I'm uh 32. 32. So was that for 15 years? He's been a coke addict? Yes, yeah. Are you sure that's what that is? I was going to say have I you ever been so. around a coke addict who's been a coke addict for a decade, but you just said no, you haven't. It's really, it's hard to be functional at this point. Does he go to work every day? He works his brains out. Yeah. That's the deal. He's a very functioning cocaine alcoholic. Okay. Like super, uh, he started his own business, Mm -hmm. was successful with it, with a partner. I mean, so yeah, he was very successful. That's, I think, why I just kind of didn't think about it so yeah the dirty secret about cocaine is that it works real good it works real good you will outwork people you will get a lot done you will be a rock star in the way we've set up society and then everything around you falls apart right it just melts underneath you so what what brought about him telling you um that he had a problem i think he at the time i'm uh he just he was just tired of it. He yeah. just didn't want it anymore. And I think also what happened was his childhood was absolutely horrible. Sure. We we confronted his parents about it and actually cut them out of our lives because mm-hmm. they were that bad. And then it was six months after that that he told me. So I mm-hmm. feel like it was because he was dealing with that and he finally was like, if I dealt with that and I'm throwing off pretty much like the shackles of my childhood... I need to deal with this. Like, this is my crutch, and that is why I had the crutch in the first place. Yeah. So um, I'm going to take a different tack than you probably were thinking. Um, Okay. I'm heartbroken for your husband because I know that's exhausting. And I know that – I don't say that lightly. Cocaine works, man. It helps numb stuff out. It helps you get crap done. It helps you – um, get up and get to where you need to be and get stuff done and get stuff done. It's a connection issue, right? And it covers up for a number of cracked and fractured and broken and hurting relationships. Um, and yeah, it works until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it takes down everyone around you, right? And so um, I'm just trying to put myself in his head that, man, once I confront my parents, once I go through that gauntlet, then this is just going to I'm going to be free of this. And then he tries month one and month two and month three. And then all of a sudden it gets real scary because he can't stop. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so 
here's here's three things I'm just think here's three things you got to rattle around in your head okay tell me if I'm on the mark here number one harsh reality is someone you love is hurting real bad is that right yes okay yes. and they're hurting real bad and they're a drug addict is that right yes okay number two you were lied to for a long time by somebody you love is that hurt there also yes yeah okay and then the third hurt we often don't think about. Is there a part of you that can't fathom? This is the same question I asked you right when, when you, at the beginning of this call. How in the world you missed this? Yes. Uh, yeah, I will say that I was a single mother mm-hmm. um, when we got married. And I think that what it was was I, I had struggled so long as a single mom. I was a single mom for five years. And then I was like... the. I, it's not like I was looking for men, but when I found him, I was like, oh, my God, this is the one, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was like my battle's over. And I, so it was just like... And you'll put up with anything like just tool. for that security, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so I think that's what was going on. Is he at a place where he wants to go to rehab? Yes. Okay. And actually, it's a little funny that I I was kind of at a moment of despair, um, and I sat down at the computer, and I went to your website, and I, like, typed in this message, like, my husband is a cocaine addict mm-hmm. thing, and um, when is it time to decide to go to rehab? And I didn't send it. I was just in despair, and I was like, yeah. whatever, John Delaney doesn't want to hear this. And my husband saw it, like, hours later, and he sent it for me. Oh, wow. Like, he, okay. he does want answers okay like he wants something okay so um the man my head was going in a, in a totally different direction um so i'm gonna tell you i think i love your husband and i'm proud of him i'm not proud of him for lying to you i'm not proud of him for deceiving those who love and care for him i'm not mm-hmm. um but my heart's broken for him, and so I'm not going to beat him up. Uh, if he was here, I would hug him, and I'd hug him real, real hard, okay? When it's time to go to rehab is when he is ready to go. Mm-hmm. And okay. until he's ready to go, ultimatums, forcing, if you don't do this, then right. what you're doing is you're weaponizing relationship, you're weaponizing connection, which is the one thing that continues this drug use over and over and over and over again, right? right? Yeah. And so... It's going to sound like I'm splitting hairs here, but what you have to do is you've got to develop strong boundaries, not walls, not build walls, right? So you're not building a wall to keep him from you. You are building boundaries to keep you safe. And sometimes that boundary means you got to go. You got to get out of this home that we've shared. Sometimes boundaries mean, no, all the time boundaries mean you cannot have cocaine around my children, period, right? Mm-hmm. So there's those type of boundaries. Are you physically and psychologically safe? Are you safe in your home environment? Does he love you that way? Yes. Okay. So no harm, no scary nights, no at the end of a four-day bender. And you you know that that pinwheel eye I'm talking about, right? When it is just all bloodshot pinwheels and he can stare a hole through you. Um, and he's checking the the peephole to the curtains to the peephole back to the curtains because he hasn't slept in seventy two hours. You're safe in those moments. Yes, because he he really hasn't been like that. Like he he's super deceitful, actually. Okay. So he just um, 
has really just kept everything to himself. And the worst he's ever done is just stayed up all night watching TV. Okay. And he's never, it's never been violent or anything like that, or I would have left a long time ago. Okay. I want you to make sure you've got somebody that you can reach out to that you can be safe with. The journey for him is going to be hard, and here's why. I'm less concerned with the cocaine. I'm more concerned with the childhood trauma that he's going to have to stare down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to heal all the way across the board, he's going to have to walk that back, and he's going to have to walk that back with a professional. You can't do that by yourself. Okay? And so at some point, it's going to take the humility – and the character and a desire to not feel like this anymore. The word I've heard over and over with folks who struggle with cocaine is I just got exhausted. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like my soul was right. was cleaned out, right? And so um, if he hits send, then I want you to, to – um, then tonight's the night. Tomorrow's the morning, right? Mm-hmm. The old um, – the old, the old. It's a, it's an old meditation saying. But every breath is a chance to start over. You don't wait till Monday. You don't wait till next month when we figure out if somebody's ready to go. Then you go. Okay. 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 Um, I want you tonight to write him a letter so he can have something in his hands. And I want that letter. I want you to let him know how much you love him. Do you love him? Yes. Okay. Yes. I want you to be honest about the deception. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not beating him up over cocaine. I'm, I'm beating him up over don't lie to your wife, not the one woman who loves you, okay? Right. And let him know that you're going to be there, but let him know that you love him so much you want him to get well. Right. Okay? okay. Um, and then you are going to need someone to walk alongside you too. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when this thing peels off, there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of layers, Okay. Yeah. You're going to go through some seasons of being pissed off at yourself for missing it. You're going to be pissed off at him for lying to you the way he has. You're going to be upset at the way people treated him when he was a kid. You're going to deal with your own trauma, which I know is there. And y'all are going to have to completely start over and build a new marriage together. Okay? Yeah. And that could okay. be exciting and fun if you have that kind of heart about it. And it can be devastating and scary if you're trying to recreate that guy that just came in, you know, the, the, the shining armor on the horseback, right, that saved everything for you a few years ago. Okay. Um, y'all going to have to build something new, and you're going to have to get new skills to learn how to do that, okay? Mm. Yes. Yeah. I'll also okay. tell you this. You don't have the money for this, but you have to do it, okay? Yes, right. That yeah. might mean that you're going to have to take a second job. That might mean that he's going to have to break down and call his employer and go through the um, employee assistance program. He's going to have to reach out to a local church. He's going to have to get some help from somebody. I don't know how that financially works for you. You can't not do this, okay? Okay. Okay, for sure. And um, I just want to tell you I'm grateful that you love your husband, okay? I'm grateful that you love him. And you are lucky, lucky, lucky that you're in a safe situation. And um, your job is to make sure those babies are safe too, okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Anybody listening to this, not for a second am I trying to condone being a cocaine addict. Not for a second am I trying to condone being an alcoholic. Not condoning any number of things, okay? But until you have sat across from someone who says, I'm done, I'm enough, enough, then you don't know how 
hard. Drug use is a connection issue, man. And if you can look around for the last 40, 50 years in this country, we went to war and we lost. Because we tried to weaponize connection. We tried to weaponize the one thing that people were dying from, which is a lack of relationship or hurting relationships, broken relationships all over the place, trauma. And what did we do? We, we separated them further from other people. We, 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 we disconnected them even further. Now, I'm not saying she shouldn't be safe. You heard me say it. She's got to be safe, man. And sometimes that is, I will not be in relationship with you right now. I love you, but you can't stay here. I love you, but I'm not inviting you to Christmas. I love you with all of my heart, and I will be there for you. I'm not giving you a penny. I'm not going to give you a dime. But I'll answer the phone when you call. I'm going to send letters. I'm going to make sure you know that you're loved. And when you're ready, he hits send, man. He hits send. So when is somebody ready to go to rehab? When they're ready to go to rehab. Man, I'm going to be I'm going to be thinking about you guys, Joanna, praying for you. To your husband who's watching this, listening to this, I'm proud of you, but go. Go through the whole program. Don't quit. Don't walk out. It's going to get hard, and then it's going to get harder. And then after the hard, then it's going to get ugly because you're going to have to stare down your childhood. You're going to have to stare down your trauma. You're going to have to let that little five-year-old boy that's been protecting you for so long, you're going to have to let him go play. You're going to have to let him just go play. And I want you to hold that letter that Joanna's going to write you. I want you to read it over and over and over. Don't forget that you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. And you got a lot of hard work ahead of you, but you're going to be free of this thing. And then, man, the character of the guy who built a business, the character of the guy who loves his wife, and he's going to tell her the truth from this point forward. He's never going to lie again. Man, there's nothing that's going to stop you. And you're going to be able to help that guy that you work with. You're going to be able to help that woman that you work with. And you're going to be about healing your community instead of taking from it. So, whew, man, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys, Joanna. Let me know how that goes. When you drop him off for his inpatient program, I want you to reach back out to us and let us know how that conversation goes. And we'll keep, the, um, we'll keep our listeners plugged into this one. Thank you so much for trusting us. Um, yeah. Wow, good for you guys. All right, I'm going to take a hard left turn. And um, here's a couple of notes that I've, I, I received from the internets. A couple of just teaching things. Number one, what are some of my favorite books from 2020? Here's uh, four books. If you're going to start 2021, we're a couple of months in now. Here's a couple of books, four books you got to go pick up right now. Okay, number one. Lost Connections by Johan Hari, H-A-R-I. This is a thick book. It's a lot. It is worth the read. It reimagines depression. I cheered through this book. I actually got kind of frustrated because we're working on a big book for me here. And I was like, man, I was going to write that chapter. I was going to write that. Man, he, he, Johan Hari does a remarkable job in this book, pulling apart the strings of the way we look at depression the nonsensical way we've approached it and um, ways we can get well. It's, an, it's, an, it's a world-class, master-class book. It is a long read, and it's tough to get through sometimes. It's dense. It is worth your time. Another book by Dr. Nadine Burke Harris called The Deepest Well. This is a shorter book. It is a masterpiece. Every single person in the world should read the books called The Deepest Well about adverse childhood experiences, ACEs. 
Man, we are all carrying them around. And this book is an eye-opener. It's extraordinary. I had the opportunity to do some uh, work with some uh, do some ACEs work with kids at one of my practicums several years ago. This book is the masterclass. Dr. Burke Harris is, it's an extraordinary book. It's an easy read. It's good to get through. She does a great job um, teaching the science. It's good. It's good. Get it. Also, you're going to think this is a, a, a hard turn. It's not. Jocko Willink's book, um, Discipline Equals Freedom. So we're going from a a deep, deep dive into the etiology, the history of depression, where we even get, what do we even, where it even comes from, the deepest well, childhood traumas, and then a book that says, and tomorrow you got to wake up and decide. And I read through Jocko's book and I kept thinking, yeah, yeah. And so we do have childhood traumas. We do have hard, hard things. We do have, have, painful experiences in our life and we got to wake up tomorrow morning and just make a good next decision and Jocko's book makes me laugh it's hard it made me um have to re-examine some of the excuses I make in my everyday life and I have made some direct life changes because of these three books then the fourth book was uh, from a previous show my good friend Rachel Cruz's book know your money know yourself know yourself know your money that's right know yourself know your money Man, I have sat with couples in a counseling session. I've sat with people in counseling type sessions or coaching sessions. They will tell me about their sex life. They will tell me about the the times they betrayed their own values, the times they betrayed values of other people, and they will not talk about their money. They won't talk about their debt. They won't talk about their fear behind money, scarcity. I'm never going to have enough. And we have this thing baked into our culture. Listen when I say this. We have distilled down what a person's value is with this one question. Hey, what are you worth? And we put a number on that question. And we wonder why it's hard for people to talk about money, right? Because we ask, all these things. What are the vacations you didn't go on? How big your house is? How, what kind of cars you drive? What colleges you did or didn't go to? All of that distills down to, hey, what are you worth? And we put a dollar amount on that question. The answer to the question, what are you worth, is never a dollar amount. But we do it. In Rachel's book, it is a, a quick, it's not a quick read. It's a, it's a thick book, but it's not a deep science book, but it is an extraordinary look at Here's where your money story that you've told yourself that you were born into, here's where it comes from, and here's why you struggle with it the way you do. The millions of Americans that can't miss a paycheck or their bills don't get paid. The millions of America that can't handle a $400 emergency, right? Man, a lot of that's deep-rooted in the stories we tell ourselves. So those are the four books I would say. Go pick those up and go get after them. Lost Connections, The Deepest Well, Discipline Equals Freedom, and Know Yourself, Know Your Money. Those are awesome. Um, All right, I'm going to do the next teaching segment on the next show. It's about sleep, so stay tuned for the next show on sleep. I'm going to get to this last call here. Let's go to Amelia in Houston, Texas. Amelia, what's going on? How can I help? Hey, Dr. John. How are you? I'm doing so good. How about you? I'm good. Okay. Hey, wait, so hold on. You just said <laughs> you gave me a long good, which usually is a nice way of saying not very good at all. 
I mean, I'm I'm struggling, if I'm being honest. There um, we go. All right. We tell the <laughs> truth on this show, Amelia. <laughs> sure. All right. So, hey, what's um, up? So, I am a wife, a mom of two, um, a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And I am a neonatal nurse. Um, oh, honey, Amelia. That's a lot. I don't even know why you're yeah. calling. That's a lot. <laughs> um, so I absolutely love my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like it is where I am meant to be. It's my, it's my passion. It's my work. Um, and it's, um, but also, so as a mom, right? So yeah. I guess that's where my struggle is, is I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing, but I don't want my kids and my family to suffer um, based on the choices of my career. Mm. Um, and I'm just, I guess I'm just struggling with finding a balance between it all. Um, and that struggle between you know, I'm I'm doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing. Like it, it feels right. I'm happy. I'm, um, but then you know, my kids aren't in bed at you know eight thirty, and they're you know, there's not really a set schedule. I mm-hmm. guess that's the best way to put it. Right. Um, and so, um, I guess to complicate things, my six year old has recently been diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just making sure that he has that balance and that he feels that, you know, mom and dad are here for them no matter what. Um, how's your, you know, just, how's your, how's your marriage? Our marriage is great. Um, what does that, busy. what does that mean? Um, what does great like mean? We, so I have full support for my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to, um, you know, make sure that I'm happy and that. Um, you know, he's fully supportive of um, me working and um, doing what we've both worked so hard for um, to get to this point. I mean, we have good communication. We are working on that, um, but I do feel like that has improved. Mm-hmm. Um, we are seeing a actual counselor. Um, since Very my cool. son was diagnosed, we want it to be on the same page as far as... Um, how we handle different situations and scenarios and things like that. So I feel like the openness is there. Um, he has long work hours as well. Um, he's a, um, an emergency veterinarian. So he also has long hours and hard days. Um, but I do feel like that communication is there. I feel like, um, I can trust him. He is my best friend. Like he's the one that I, that I want to do life with. Um, so I, I don't know. Sure. So there's a lot here. Give me a specific yeah. question. How can I help you? Um, I guess just how do I how how do I take the negativity from coming in from the outside of saying that mm-hmm. I guess from family members that mean well. Um saying that, you know, my children are suffering because they're the hours that my husband and I work, um, you know, having the, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so let me do this. I'm going to start walking this back, and you sure. feel free to cut me off and jump in at any time, okay? Sure. And my promise to you, as a fellow Houstonian, my, even if you were from Mars, I would be honest with you, is I'm going to tell you the truth, the truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God, okay? Yes, sir. Um, your life sounds chaotic. Is that a good word? That's pretty accurate. <laughs> okay. It's not a bad thing. It just sounds like an is, right. right? And it would be chaotic because you have a six and a two-year-old just be on just because of that, right? Six and two-year-olds are a lot. They're all over the place. And they're fun and beautiful and wonderful. And oh my gosh, if I can't sleep a whole night, right? So they're all of it, right? All at the same time. Right. That's number one. Number two, I've got two people deeply committed to traumatic professions who love one another and are trying to make that work. Okay? Yes, sir. And when you are a... Don't say sir. Uh, <laughs> what, so, y'all both deal in trauma every day. People come to you in their worst moments and say, please help me. Please save my baby. Please save yeah. my... Um, this animal that this pet of mine that has it, this is all I've got, right? And that is a lot every day. And y'all, I know y'all know that, but sometimes it helps for somebody else to say it out loud. Y'all deal in other people's hurt, okay? Right. And what people come to you and say, everything in my world is dark. Please turn the light on somehow, some way, right? And then you've got so you got two little kids. You got chaos no matter what. You got two people who deal in trauma every day, right? And then you are trying to make all this work at all at the same time. And then somebody comes and drops something in your lap that says, hey, your six-year-old has a chaos slash connection learning disorder, which is ADHD, yeah. which is a another way to frame it. And I get a lot of grief for it and I don't care. Um, I'm a card-carrying member. I'm off the chart, by the way. Like, um, I, I, on the scoring, it's comical, okay? Um, so the hard reality is, if we look at ADHD as a connection issue, as a response to chaos, a learned response to chaos, and also the nonsensical educational environment some of our kids are forced into, right? Then you, you start to reverse engineer your life, and it gets hard, and then people start throwing their little comment grenades at you, right? Um, they start telling you things that cut you right into your soul as though they're helping and they're not because these are all things that you know, right? And so here's what I'm going to super strong recommend you do, okay? What I'm telling you right now is you are on a recipe for complete and total burnout. And I think probably both of you are, you and your husband. And the problem with the burnout is you don't know where it's going to land, whether it's going to be relational burnout, whether it's going to be professional burnout, whether it's going to be burnout on those kids, okay? And I'm telling you that twofold. Number one, I have lived the life you are talking about right now, okay? With The only difference is my wife didn't work in trauma. She was a professor. She didn't work a – I didn't have two, or was it two of us working in trauma. There's just one of us, okay? So here's my recommendation. Are you ready? This is the prescription from a non-medical guy. You ready? I want you in to start in reverse order. None of this works. None of it. 
unless you and your husband prioritize your marriage number one above your kids, above your work, above all of it. Okay? Okay. And so that starts with y'all two getting together and being real vulnerable with each other, being really direct, letting him know what you need from him, what you need just period, letting him tell you what he needs, what are things that y'all can do for one another to help you guys be whole? Because y'all have to be whole because you're dealing with so much secondary traumatic stress. And you can only repel off and hold another mom whose baby's in IQ. You can only repel off and hold another baby and another baby and another baby when you are fully anchored in. Okay? Um, so, number one, you've got to give him permission to hold you accountable to whatever y'all agree to. You're going to have to let him um, speak into your life and you're, he's going to have to let you speak into his life. And what does that look like? That means y'all going to have to be honest about what you eat, how much y'all move and exercise. Are y'all getting sleep? Are y'all taking care of yourselves? Are you putting your oxygen mask on first to beat a, an old metaphor to death, right? Okay. Only then can you then focus on those two beautiful angels that you brought into the world. And they come next, right? What are the boundaries with kids? What are the ways that mom and dad are dealing with our secondary traumatic stress? Uh, I'm so glad to hear y'all say, hey, we just got some new information. Our kids got ADHD, so we're going to go to counseling to make sure we have the tools to connect with one another. We're on the same page. That's so awesome, Amelia, that that was your default. Good for you. But what is the way we're going to be connected with these kids? And then and only then does... Our professional life come after that, okay? And you said something that I wrote down here. We worked so hard to get somewhere. And you got there, and I want to tell you, I've done research. I've met with, I can't even tell you how many doctors, lawyers, fancy pants, preachers, um, college presidents, senior staff at universities across the country. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard the, the line, I worked so hard to get here. And then they have to ask themselves, was it worth it? I worked so hard to get here, but I just want to play with my kid. I worked so hard to get here, but I never see my wife. I worked so hard to get here and fill in the blank. And you can all, every time you can, I, I say the, the following words, you don't have to keep doing this job. And you can almost see their shoulders just drop as they never even considered that. Or they will say really quickly, no, 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 I want to do this job. And I love it when they say that too, because now I know what's important, right? Your marriage, your kids, your job, but we're going to do it in that order and we're going to not give on these priorities that we say we're not going to give on. And then we know we're in it, right? And that way, when you come home exhausted, you can text your husband at four o'clock in the afternoon and say, I'm having a day and it's my ranking score is a seven. And he knows, all right, I got dinner tonight. I got kids bath tonight and I'm all in. Or you can text him and say, today was a two. And he's like, sweet. She's got dinner. I've got one kid. She's got the other. We're going to divide and conquer. Whatever system y'all come up with, but it's got to go in that order. Does that make sense? Yes. Is that frustrating to hear? Yeah. Or is it a relief to hear? Um, I think it's what I've been telling myself. Okay. <laughs> um. I guess, um, and I, I think that's the struggle is I know where the priority should be. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, 
I guess it's just it's a struggle of finding what's the right answer because you know here's the right answer yes, the hours the, the right answer is sure. your relationship and your kids and your work in that order because okay. one doesn't work without the other if you were single yeah dude you were all in on this Nike gig and I would still be telling you you got to prioritize your your psychological and spiritual and mental health above the Nike job because you're no good to those kids if you're fried and burnt out. You're right. no good to those mothers and fathers who are so desperately clinging on to every last shred of hope. You're no good to them if you're not good at if you're not whole at home, right? And if you were a single yeah. mom, I would tell you your health comes first, your brain and your heart come first, those kids come second, work comes third. And you tethered yourself to a guy that sounds like he's a great guy. He's a good man. He deals with trauma for a living. He helps other people. He loves you. He loves your kids. And so he comes first. And then when you're tethered in there, then you can anchor off and be the mom and dad that y'all are going to be, that you know you've got that picture in your head what that's going to look like. And then and only then can you be the trauma nurse that those families desperately need you to be. That what I want to give you permission is just to drop your shoulders and go, we got a lot going on. And it may be that for this season, he doesn't work overnight shifts because you got a six and a two-year-old. And maybe for the next three years, he is just doing the day shift. And he just he goes off call and it's going to hammer y'all financially and it sucks, but those kids are worth the time. Or maybe for the next two years, you don't work night shifts, you work day shifts, and you're not doing weekend plugs. Whatever that looks like, but give yourselves permission to go in that order. Most couples try to reverse engineer it. How many hours can we shave off and not have to do this? I want you all to start the other way. I love you so much. And here's what you bring to me. You don't even know what you bring to me, how much I love. And here's what I desperately need from you. What can I help with you so that you and I can work together? And then, man, what do we want our kids' worlds to look like? What, do we, what kind of picture do we want, to, what do we want home to look like? And you said it best, man, kids are routine sponges. Bedtimes every night at this time. Even if it cuts into mom and dad time, they're going to get their bedtime here. They're going to eat here. They're gonna, we're going to all get up together or... I'm going to go do my morning routine. Dad's going to do wake-ups on this week, and I'm going to flip it. Whatever that looks like, but you're going to map that out, and then you'll figure out the work stuff later. And if you're an awesome NICU nurse, I guarantee you are, and your work doesn't accommodate that, there's a hundred different places in Houston, Texas, where you can go be a NICU nurse. There just is. And if your husband's practice is, no, bro, you you got to do that, there's a hundred there's a thousand places in, in Houston where he can go be an awesome vet with that kind of expertise and that kind of experience and the kind of compassionate heart that he has. So you're not locked in. You just got to go in the right order. I am so proud of you as a couple. I'm proud of you, Amelia, for thinking through this. I'm gl so grateful that there are incredible, smart, brilliant, compassionate women like you out there taking care of these babies, taking care of these families who are, have a baby who are struggling Every moment of their life has been rocked upside down. I'm so glad you're doing this. And I'm so glad you're a mom who loves your kids and that you're a wife who loves her husband. And also don't forget, you got a six and a two-year-old. Everything feels like the end of time when you have a six and a two-year-old. There should be a YouTube series just for parents of six and two-year-olds called It Gets Better. I know there's a couple of different series. It gets better. I'm telling you, you got a six and a two-year-old. It gets better. It does, it does, it does. 
Oh, I'm so grateful. You have. Uh, we're gonna end the show there, man. I I just love talking to you. It's awesome. Um, all right. So as we wrap up today's show, this isn't the greatest song of all time. It's brand new. It hasn't been out long enough, but it's gonna be. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm a sucker for a heartfelt, a heartfelt teen, young twenties, thirties piano ballad that just tears at the, at the soul and this is it man it's off the i think it's the or1 record is that it olivia rodrigo man here's the words of this incredible song i got my driver's license last week just like we always talked about because you were so excited for me to finally drive up to your house but today i drove through the suburbs crying because you weren't around oh my gosh i can feel it And you're probably with that blonde girl, come on, man, who always made me doubt. She's so much older than me. She's everything I'm insecure about. Today I drove through the suburbs because how could I ever love someone else? And I know we weren't perfect, but I never felt this way for no one. And I just can't imagine how could you be so okay now that I'm gone? I guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me because you said forever. Now I drive alone past your street. Oh my gosh, can you hear that line? I'm gonna do that again. Guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me because you said forever. Now I drive alone past your street. Olivia Rodrigo. This is the Dr. John Deloney Show.